Welcome to the Redeemer East Harlem podcast. We pray this message leads you both to know and show the love of Christ in all areas of life. We will now dive into our scripture reading, followed by this week's message. I'm going to read the scripture for today, and then Pastor Justin will come and give us a teaching based upon that passage. Uh, So our scripture reading for today uh, comes from the Gospel of John chapter 1, and then also Ephesians chapter 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Ephesians 2, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. What a wonderful morning it has been already to celebrate together. Uh, For those of you who I might not know, again, my name is Justin. I'm the pastor here at Redeemer East Harlem. So grateful to have everyone with us. Uh, As we jump in, let me give you just a few things maybe that we can reflect on together uh, before we move on in our service. You know, I was thinking this week, what makes a really good gift? I don't know if you guys have ever thought about it, but what is like the best ideal kind of gift? Uh, There's a couple different ways I think we can think about that. For one, A good gift uh, really takes into account the person who gives the gift, right? So getting a gift from one person uh, might actually make the gift more special based on that person giving it to you as opposed to someone else. Uh, So that's one way that maybe a gift is good. But another great marker of what makes a really good gift is the extent to which that gift changes your life. Uh, My wife has a great marker uh, for what makes a good product or a good gift. This might sound obvious, but a good gift, it really does change your life. Again, that might sound completely obvious, but think about it. How often do you get a gift? How often do you buy something on Amazon even and think once you get it, yes, this has truly changed my life? It's pretty rare when you think about it. This might be a, a silly example, but I remember a couple of years ago, my daughters bought me this like thermal mug, a travel mug for my coffee. Changed my life. You can have coffee hot all day. It was wonderful. Uh, another example in uh, recent times that has changed our life. Have you guys ever used an air fryer? Good Lord. Life changing. So good. A good gift, even in small ways, changes your life. So a good gift can either be good because of the person giving it to you. It can be good because of the way that it changes your life. But the greatest gifts, right, those are good. The greatest gifts are gifts. When the gift giver is of great significance to you, and at the same time, the gift they give you changes your life. That combination is what makes a great gift 
And that combination is actually pretty rare. Now, if you've been with us over the course of our uh, Advent, we've been in a series looking at John 1, uh, considering the mystery of what it's meant that God has come in the flesh. Uh, we considered some really remarkable claims about Jesus. We considered that he was the Logos, he was the Word, uh, this, this orienting purpose of the universe, that Jesus was the light in a world of darkness, that he is uh, the truth in a world that's full of deceptions. And today, finally, simply, Let's just consider for a moment what it means for Jesus to be a truly remarkable gift. And let's just do that by looking at two things. Number one, the giver of the gift. And second, the impact, the life-changing impact of that gift. Again, we all know that the value uh, of a gift uh, is not wrapped up in solely the value of the gift itself. You know, just as an example, I have, uh, I have notes uh, and cards that my wife gave me back when we were dating. Uh, I have cards and little crafts that my daughters have made me over the course of the years, especially when they were little. They don't do that so much anymore. It's sad. But why are those, why are those special? It's not because the items themselves have any particular like, monetary value. They're just, they're just paper. But they're actually incredibly important to me and valuable to me because of the people that gave them to me. Uh, years ago, I remember my wife, uh, she came across this old busted up guitar that had belonged to her grandparents, who she loved dearly. Uh, I took it, I refinished it, it looks beautiful. Uh, it'll never play again, the thing's just too old, but it, it's currently hanging on our living room wall uh, amongst very playable guitars nonetheless. And yet, that guitar is maybe in some ways more valuable than the other guitars that are hanging on the wall because of what it represents. This is a, a, it has very special meaning. Now, over the last several weeks in the course of our series, that's exactly what we've been considering as uh, when we think about Jesus. That the Christmas story is a story of a gift being given to the world. That gift that we celebrate is this baby in a manger 2,000 years ago. That that baby uh, in a manger to some might have seemed like uh, just another baby born to a poor family on the other side of the world. But the significance of the celebration of Christmas is, of course, not just that there was a baby born, but rather what that baby represents, what that gift represents, to whom that baby, that gift is connected, and most importantly, who that baby is that baby is the embodiment of, of light and truth, the, the Son of God sent by the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, this is what we celebrate on Christmas Day. This is what makes the gift of this baby so incredibly special. It's God stepping into a world that in and of itself is such a gift. God becoming proximate to us is a gift. Right? The notion that God desires to be near is wonderful in and of itself. Even if nothing else were to happen, that alone is significant. I mean, imagine if the president of the United States or the queen of England or your favorite celebrity just was like, hey, I'm just going to stop by and just hang out with you. That'd be quite a gift, right? Just the very honor of their presence is a gift. And so in some ways, just the fact that God has come is this gift to us. And for the first part of John's gospel account, John is really emphasizing the significance of the gift giver having come. But what we now see in the passage that we just heard is not just that there's this great significance of the gift giver who's come, but now he begins to show us 
the impact, the life-changing impact that that gift has given. Because the significance of the gift of Jesus is not simply that God has come proximate and near, though that in and of itself is amazing. But in the coming of Jesus, something even more has been given to us. Let me just quickly reread again. John 1, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has been surpassed because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reasons I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. John now shifts from saying the logos, the truth, the light, the significance of God coming into flesh is this gift. But now he begins to show us the significance, why it mattered that he came. And in verse 21, he simply says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That, my friends, is the life-changing impact of the gift of Jesus himself. That baby in a manger is not just a vulnerable child, but rather that baby is the one who came to lay down his life for those whom he loves. I mean, the cross of Christ is the impact of the gift that we celebrate this time of year. For those who trust in that baby in a manger, there is freedom from sin and its effects. But I also included something else. There's another impact of the gift. Uh, in Ephesians 2, the Apostle Paul, again, that we just heard read, he said this. Let me read it for us again. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made himself alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ. See, not only did Christ come to lay down his life, but he also raised up, he was also raised up in resurrection power. And the other impact of this gift is that he extends that same resurrection life to those who trust in him. I mean, the, the grace that was given as a gift is the grace of his salvation. I mean, what greater impact can one have on our lives than to provide us freedom from sin and its effects and the promise of resurrection life. This, my friends, is the Christmas story. It's all the Christmas story. It's a story of the gift giver, God himself, giving himself as a gift that we might have life and life abundant, life eternal in Jesus Christ. And I take the time to do this today because for some, I recognize that this season that we're currently in, it's one of happiness and fellowship and friendship and laughing and celebration. But for others, this season is one of hardship and loneliness and sorrow. It's a reminder of how broken this world is. I mean, for some, this season is not a season to enjoy. Rather, it's a season to survive. For some, the sentimentality of this Christmas season makes it hard for you to feel like you're allowed to not be okay because it seems like everyone around you is just in celebration. And so what I want to just quickly do is talk to those two groups of people. If you're here and this is a season of happiness and fellowship and friendship and laughing and celebration, 
I want you just to know you should enjoy it. Enjoy it. But don't let that celebration terminate on the festivities of the holiday season alone. Let your joy, the joy of your heart, point you to something beyond the gifts, beyond the feasting, beyond the blessings like family and friends. Let those joys and celebrations also point you to Jesus, the one who takes away the sins of the world and gives resurrection power. But if this season is hard for you, first, I just want you to know that you are loved and seen and that it's okay to not be okay. And I pray that the significance of this gift provides you hope and joy in the midst of a season that I know might be hard and painful because the Christmas story is actually a story of suffering and brokenness. God did not step into the world because we are without suffering and brokenness. Rather, God in Christ steps into the world because this is a world of suffering and brokenness. So, be reminded, the experiences of now are not the end of the story. They're not the end of the Christmas story. The end of the Christmas story is found in places like Revelation 21. You remember the the promises that are given to us in Revelation 21. That the same Apostle John who writes about this gift giver here in John 1 also reminds us of the ultimate impact of the gift. That impact being that because Jesus crushed sin and death and extends resurrection power, that one day our hope is that we will experience what it means for him to wipe every tear from our eye. Where there will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. This is the promise. This is the impact of the gift. This is the end of the Christmas story. And so that, my friends, is something that we can all cling to, hope for, look toward, regardless of how we might be experiencing this season. That, for all of us, is the gift of Jesus for those who trust in him. And so, leave us simply with this. For all of us, no matter how we might be experiencing this season, look to Jesus, the baby, yes. But also look to Jesus, the crucified Savior. Also look to Jesus, the resurrected one. Also look to Jesus, the one who will return to restore the cosmos to a place where there is no more mourning, no more death. Look to that Jesus, that gift, that we all might find hope and joy in this holiday season. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son. We thank you that that gift is not simply Jesus coming, being proximate to us, though that alone would be a remarkable gift. God, we also, though, celebrate that in his coming, he accomplishes something magnificent for us, life-changing for us as we put our faith and hope in him. He came that he might lay his life down. He came that his life might then be raised up. He came in order to give us that same resurrection power. He came because one day he would again return to restore the cosmos. This is the Christmas story. So God, I pray that you would encourage us all, no matter how we might be experiencing this season. Encourage us with those truths, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for listening to the Redeemer East Harlem podcast. For more information on our church and how you can support what God is doing through our church, go to www.reh.nyc.